What's the most money someone's offered you? I've had like proper propositions of like 150, 200K. What? Yeah, yeah. For what? To go to dinners and and whatnot. Like I, there was this one guy who was from another country um, and he was coming into Vegas and he just wanted me to like meet up with him in Vegas and hang out. And, but you know, like when the price tag's that big, you're like, yeah. you're not just going to dinner, are right. you? Like, it's like an escort. Real. Yeah. yeah. Welcome into the podcast, another episode of Living Large. Guys, I am in an alternate reality right now. It literally feels like I'm in Arizona and in bed with a girl who has 3.7 million followers on Instagram. This is insane. Oh! <laughs> hey! Welcome into the podcast, Rachel Cook. <laughs> What an intro. Thanks for having me again. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. We're in Arizona, guys. Um, Rachel came down here for what reason? Um, I was shooting a little series for OFTV. Yeah? Yeah, series about um, just how I like to live my life, basically. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's talk about your life, because you have a pretty crazy life. And I want to start with where you're at now, because you've, I've had you on the podcast before. Yeah. What made you move to Florida? Um, honestly, I was just ready for a slower life, mm -hmm. and I want to start a farm and found some really cool land there so that I can just like, yeah, start planting trees and live my little life. What made you do this? Because you, I mean, you lived in Washington, you lived in LA, you lived in Vegas. I'm pretty sure you went back to Washington. You lived in a van. Yeah. Now Florida. Yeah. I move a lot. I love to just like try out different things. Like anything that piques my interest, I'm just like, you know, why don't I just go find out and see if that's just a fantasy or if this is for real. Um, so kind of same thing with this. It's like I watched multiple documentaries about the state of our soil, how <laughs> we literally have like 50 crop cycles left or something before like we just literally can't keep growing food if we do it the way we're doing it now So are you doing this because you're kind of preparing for the end of the world? <laughs> I think I I think yes And also just to like show everyone like we can we can take this back into our own hands You know, we can save the soil like we don't have to go down this path. So mm -hmm. um, Yeah, I just want to learn about it firsthand and start doing something about it myself because otherwise it's like, I can't bitch about it, you know? Like, yeah. if I'm not doing something, then what do I have to say? So. What's your goal with the farm? Is it just to feed yourself? Do you actually want to sell food to people? I mean, I don't think selling food and, like, having, like, a big farm is really the goal. It's more just, like, learning about it for myself and, like, potentially raising awareness on social media and whatnot of, like, hey, like, there's a better way to do the whole food thing. The way mm -hmm. it's going right now is not working. Um, so, yeah, I just want to raise awareness and... And just learn for myself, like, what's possible. When did you get on this, like, health-conscious journey? Because we had lunch the other day, and you're like, <laughs> you wouldn't get tuna salad because you some tuna's <laughs> sketchy. And you're talking about, like, all organic this, all organic that. You're talking about alpaca, have good poop. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Honestly, it's been, like, a really slow, gradual process. Like, it started when I was modeling, honestly, because I was always trying to, like, maintain a certain physique, you know? Mm -hmm. And then slowly over time instead of just trying to eat less i was just like trying to eat better and actually take care of my body and you start to realize especially when also you're living on the road in a van you realize how hard it is to access like actual good food that makes you feel good mm -hmm. and then you start kind of like down that path and then you you notice it more and more like oh when i'm 
eating real food, I feel amazing. And then when I have a bag of chips, I literally, I just feel like shit. And you yeah. just start to get driven by just how you feel from what you eat. Um, and then, yeah, I just learn more and more about how our food system is run. And it's just, it's really fucked up right now. And I don't think it's like any one person's fault, but it's up to us to like take responsibility for our food and how we want to feel. So, well, I think that's true. Cause it's like, every time I go to Europe, Mm -hmm. I feel fine. Yeah. I'm eating pasta and like all this food that in America I would exactly. feel horrible. <laughs> but then I come back and I watch TikToks and it's like, oh, uh, America puts all these things in their stuff that Europe bans. Mm -hmm. So it's like something in America is we're not doing it right. Yeah, I think especially in America. It's happening everywhere because I feel like everyone kind of follows America which is like why we need to be setting a good example. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for sure, you, you notice it in that you travel and you're like, how come I can eat bread and I'm not like bloated and puffy the next morning? Yeah. So yeah. Is that hard to maintain? Do you ever slip up and you're like, oh, I could really use a cheeseburger right now? Yeah, for sure. And I think like that's a, that's a huge thing for me. Like, like I said, when I was modeling, if I would slip up, I would just feel like shit about myself. I had so mm -hmm. much pressure, but now it's like, you know, if I want to enjoy like a fucking pizza or whatever it is, um, I'm just going to enjoy it instead of like eating it and then feeling bad. Like just eat it, enjoy it. And also like take note of how you really feel. And then like slowly over time, you might not really want to indulge in things that are shitty for you. Let's talk about modeling a little bit. You, you, you first moved to LA to be a model. Yeah. When I was Did 18. you, and now we're talking about health and stuff, did you ever find yourself like with an eating disorder or like taking Adderall or smoking cigarettes to combat that? Yeah, and honestly, I think I was really in denial about that because it was so normal. Like in LA, it was really normal for girls to be eating the way I was eating and having these weird habits. And um, I just, it took me a long time to like realize like, damn, I was really struggling with uh, my food and my appearance. And it was really heavy on me, especially because... I was so young, you know, I started at 14 and immediately had adults telling me that I was overweight and I was not overweight mm -hmm. at all. So yeah, I was, um, I love taking Adderall. I used to love it. Like, yeah. because you just, you're alert and awake and you mm -hmm. just don't care about food. Yeah. Um, I never did like cigarettes or any hard drugs or anything, but, um, I would, I had this problem for a while, especially when I was traveling alone where I would just like binge. Like, it was crazy. I would be, like, traveling and I'd be eating, like, barely anything. And then, like, at night, I would just, like, eat just absolute shit food from, like, like bags of food of, like, Oreos or, mm -hmm. you know. And was it because you were away and no one could see you? I think it was just, like, it was just, like, trying to numb this, like, loneliness and not feeling good enough and all these emotions that I didn't know how to confront or feel or deal with. So yeah, just like masking it with like food and then you just kind of numb out. And then the next morning you wake up, you feel awful. Mm -hmm. You're like, why, why did I do that? It's like just this cycle of self-sabotage and yeah, it was heavy, but. Do you remember how skinny you did get? Like what your lowest weight was? I don't, I don't know. Like, I think I look back at some of my YouTube videos when I was living in LA, even like at maybe like 21 years old. And I don't think I was like, too skinny necessarily but I was definitely just torturing myself and I always thought I was overweight and now I look at myself and I'm like girl you looked you looked great like you could have definitely put on a little weight but you were far from overweight and it's amazing how your perspective on reality can be so fucking skewed because of 
what other people say, what you're told consistently, if, if you believe it, it's wild. How toxic are those model houses and the model agencies? It depends. I think I definitely have met a couple of really cool girls in there, but especially when you're in like New York or um, when I was in Asia, it's like everyone's under so much pressure to look a certain way. You're, you're competing with each, each other, so there's that. No one really acknowledges it, but that's there. Um, so yeah, it can get really toxic. People can not treat each other well just because they're not treating themselves well. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's crazy. Did you ever get work done because of it? Like, I know you have your breast implants yeah. and you got veneers. Yeah. Did you get anything else done? A little Botox action, a little lip filler? Um, I have a little lip filler. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think like the boob job was because I was trying to work in New York. Right. And mm -hmm. like, I was always not, I was never skinny enough for them. Always That's wanted crazy. to be skinnier. Yeah. And I, I was literally, I was tiny. Like I was just a young girl too. So but they were like, your butt is just too big. You're disproportionate. I, I was really, really flat chested. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what? Fuck that. Like if I have an ass, I'm going to just like try to monetize that instead. Yeah. And I was like, I want to shoot swim in lingerie. So I got the implants when I was 18, pretty small ones, but, um, and it worked. I went to LA and I started, you know, shooting swim and and it worked for me um so yeah like did i get it because of that like absolutely mm -hmm. so you talk about you went to asia and you lived there in a model house and i know you have a funny story what happened with your roommate in asia <laughs> okay yeah so <laughs> i was in korea i was 19 and i was staying in the model house there was like multiple girls that would come in and out of the house but there was me and this other girl who were there for the whole two months together what's her name I don't remember her uh, name. No. Honestly, I want to say it's like Diana. Okay. Yeah. Um, she's <laughs> exposing I, her. I could not find her on social media. So if she sees this girl, I know this <laughs> happened. But anyways, I, um, I was there for the whole two months. I had two cards, right? Business and a personal. Put my personal card just like in my room, kind of under a stack of papers or whatever. And I only used my business card the whole trip. When I got home from that trip, I had so many charges on my personal card for like little random things like burger king and like makeup stores and just never anything over like 50 bucks mm -hmm. most of it was really low but it added up to like thousand two thousand and at 19 years old you're like what the fuck i was like yeah. crying totally freaking out so yeah i mean i didn't use that card at all and that girl was in there and, and she had a hard time with me because i was i was gone a lot working and she wasn't working very much and so yeah there's kind of like an animosity that get that mm -hmm. gets built up without even trying and yeah, so she so was she, using my card while I was crazy. like out working. And, and you tried, tried to confront her about it? I never was able to because I couldn't find her on social media. You didn't have her phone number and you live with her? No. What? <laughs> That's crazy. Is the model industry competitive like that? Like they're not rooting for each other? It's kind of resentment? I mean, at least for me, I think it depends on the age of the model, honestly, and like how secure she is with herself. I think there's a... a it's challenging to know that like you're both you're in this like survival mode right mm -hmm. you're trying to get these jobs and you're both up for the same job potentially and it's like sure you you want her to have it but like you want it more so um yeah i think that that can happen just as an underlying thing it's not really that conscious so when you first moved to la you were a little you were broke i was broke as a joke yeah did you get sucked into the la life at all <laughs> i got super sucked into the nightlife of la because of that um and i don't think there's anything wrong with it necessarily like i learned a lot and i met some cool people but yeah like i couldn't 
eat if I... <laughs> like you couldn't afford it? Yeah, I couldn't yeah. afford it. So I would go to, you know, model dinners and like the you just go and eat the dinner for free. And then in exchange, basically, you would go out to the club with them and hang out at least for like a couple hours. And um, it's fun. And in theory, it's like a great way to get some food. Mm -hmm. But then you just get so wrapped up in this like bullshit kind of lifestyle. Yeah. And you're drinking more than, you know, maybe planned. And yeah. Can you kind of become a club rat. You definitely become a club rat. Do you think yeah. most girls do it for the experience or because of the free dinners and free alcohol? There's both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've experienced a lot of girls who were in the same boat as me. We're just young. We're in L.A. We're trying to eat food. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> and our agencies are charging us so much. It's just rough. But then there's also older girls who are like, they just, they just fucking love it or they just don't know anything else. I mean, being in that scene, you're around, like, honestly, a bunch of rich, crummy men. Has anyone ever tried to pay you, sugar daddy, buy you things? Yeah, totally. Totally. I think... Um, yeah, you meet all kinds of people. Like, like what? Give us you, some. You mean cool, like, celebrities and uh -huh. actors and stuff. Like, you see Leo in the club and you're that young and you're like, yeah. oh, my God, he invites you to his table and you're like, okay, like, yeah. oh, let's go. And it's really funny. Um, and, yeah, I've definitely had, you know, dudes that just have so much money and they feel like they can just buy you mm. and they... Miss <laughs> 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 <This> my mouth? <laughs> um, <laughs> And yeah, I've totally been offered money to, you know, just like be on someone's arm for the night or whatever. You do you know? do it? And no, I've never done it. What's that. the most money someone's offered you? Um, I mean, I've I've had like proper propositions of like 150, 200k. What? Yeah, yeah. For what? To go to dinners and and whatnot. Like, I there was this one guy who was from another country. Um, and he was coming into Vegas and he just wanted me to like meet up with him in Vegas and hang out and, but you know, like when the price tag's that big, you're like, yeah. you're not just going to dinner, are right. we? Like, it's like let's an get real. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just not interested in that. It's just, it doesn't feel safe. Like there's nothing in that for me. So it was tempting though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> 150 G's to just go out. Yeah. You're like, but then you know how it probably would want to end. Yeah. Like what's going to be expected of me. Do you know girls in that space? Um, not, not really, no. No, you don't associate with them? No, I mean, I'm all like, girl, do your thing. If, if you feel like comfortable doing that, like go right ahead. But mm -hmm. man, I'd be so like, oh God. Yeah, and it's a bad look on you. It's a bad look, yeah. for sure. And then, you know, other people are going to be like, oh, that's what she does. You know the word's going to get out. Exactly. No doubt. Like, <laughs> There's a price tag for everyone. There's a price tag for everyone. Um, you talk about Vegas. You live there for a little bit. You live with some pretty interesting people when you live there because I visited you. <laughs> And I get there, and you were—you just had rugs all over your house. Fuzzy rugs. You had all these plants and weird symbols up on the walls. Mm -hmm. What made you get wrapped up into that world? Okay, um, so when I was—you want me to like start from the beginning? Sure. When I was in LA, um, early 2020, like before the shutdown, I went to this place called the Mystic Manor mm -hmm. in LA, and it was kind of like a retreat, basically. Okay. I went there with my mom. And I met a lot of interesting people, like, you know, you could call them very spiritual people, mm -hmm. or woo-woo, whatever you want to call them, I don't know. Um, they're amazing, and I had massive, like, emotional breakthroughs, and mm. um, I, like, cried for the first time in, like, five years, and it was really healing for me. And then later, um, I moved to Vegas, like you said, and then two of those people 
asked me if I wanted to spend more time with them. And, and they were basically like, hey, we'd love to come and live with you and like just really show you what life could be like mm. just to put it in a very simple way and I was at a place in my life where I was like so ready for a disruption I was just like honestly I barely know you guys but I'm down like just come live in my house <laughs> it was wild do you think they were using you you know I think that's the scariest part is like a part of me totally feels like that yeah and yet I have so much like love and reverence for them mm. it's interesting to feel that like polarity about the same people it's like in a way like and you know I would love to still talk to them about this it's like I am so afraid that like because I was also paying them to mm. like kind of work for me but I didn't really need them to be doing these things and so it, it was really weird I got very wrapped up in that and then also like I was getting so much value and my life was literally changing before my eyes and my inner world now in large part because of that is so much better. Like mm -hmm. I just have so much more awareness and presence and joy in my life and not to give them all the credit, but like they were, they were definitely a part of it. So yeah, at least you got <laughs> some value out of it. Yeah. I definitely got some value out of it. They were definitely interesting. That's They're, all I'm going to leave it they at. They are so wild. <laughs> I was, we didn't mix energies well I mean but you're very open to like trying new things and stuff yeah I think that's that's all it is for me yeah. you know like when I was done with it I asked them to leave and they left without questions you know so yeah um <laughs> but yeah sometimes I'm a little too open some people would say but I'm just here for it like you know get exposure to different things and see how I interact with it and mm -hmm. you know what it means to me if it means anything yeah you've tried a lot of new things I want to talk about a little bit you lived in a van for quite some time mm -hmm. what was that experience like what did you learn from that I learned that having less is more sometimes. Like when you just have less uh, stuff to deal with, you get to just really focus on what actually matters to you and just really soak into life instead of, you know, even just having a house like I have now, it's like all the things you have to do to maintain your house, like laundry and just cleaning. And like, it's just, everything takes up so much time. And when you're in a van, it's just like, everything's right here. I just handle my shit and then the rest of my time is just spent on like being in nature, being present with whoever I'm with and um, it just opens up a lot for you. What are some challenges you faced when living in a van? Finding a spot to park. Really? <laughs> yeah, Like a honestly. safe place or just a legal space? Mm -hmm. uh, mostly legal. Like I never really felt unsafe in my van. Um, actually, that's not true. In the <laughs> beginning, I definitely felt unsafe because it's just so new. You're like, what the fuck? I'm just sleeping in this like tin can thing in the yeah. middle of nowhere. Um, but you get used to it. It's weird. Um, but yeah, just finding a legal place because you don't want to be like sleeping and someone's knocking on your door and you have to leave in the middle of the night. So yeah. where did you shower? What was like the longest you went without showering? <laughs> it's funny. Like, I don't really care about showering that much. Like if I'm in what? nature, I just don't care. I'm like, mm -hmm. whatever. Like if I'm a little stinky, like I'll stay away from people. But um, I don't know the longest, maybe, you know, a few days, nothing crazy oh, okay. or anything. Like I'll always just find a river to dip in if nothing else. Showering in the river? I mean, yeah, cleansing. That's crazy. <laughs> but I have like a gym membership, like Planet Fitness. They're in okay. all these small towns. Yeah, so that's just, smart. Yeah, we just go in there. Oh, man. I don't know if I could do the, the whole van thing. Um, <laughs> what are some positive takeaways from living in a van besides simplicity man I don't know um, would you encourage others to do it um I don't know if I would encourage them to do that but I would just encourage them to 
look at ways that they can simplify their life and slow down. Mm-hmm. So I think we're all so wrapped up in this like race almost. Right. And um, I just think slowing down is like one of the most important things we can do. Your mom, very interesting woman, has mm-hmm. dreadlocks. Yes. And she also lived in an RV, I think, not a van, RV. Um, it's a bus, actually. Oh, she lived yeah, in a bus. It's a okay. little bus. <laughs> what was that experience like for her? Because you yeah. did it at the same time, right? Yeah, so first um, we lived in a house together and I was like, you should just move out because she was just, you know, stuck in that rat race, kind of just working to pay for her house. And mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, she did that. And well, we did it together and um, it was really cool. She actually still lives in that. Um, really? Yeah. She spends a lot of time also like with her mom on Hawaii. Oh, OK. So she she's not in it 100 percent of the time. But yeah, she doesn't have a house still. Um but it's been extremely liberating for her, freeing, empowering, mm-hmm. especially as a woman, I think, to, um, to be doing that on her own for so long and like being like, hey, I'm safe, I'm good, I got this. It's really empowering. I know she went down to Tulum with a man but came <laughs> back without him. What's, what's the story behind that? Oh, yeah, she <laughs> did. Um, I was down in Tulum a lot for a while and I was like, girl, my mom and I are like good friends. Mm-hmm. I was like, you should come down and just like hang out. You would love it in Tulum. I was like hyping it up so much. And she was with this guy who was um, a hippie, yeah. for lack of a better term. Yeah. <laughs> really cool guy in a lot of ways. But <clears throat> they both drove all the way down there, which was, it's like a hectic, kind of scary drive mm-hmm. in Mexico. Yeah. Especially like my mom. Cartels. My, and stuff, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and her bus is like, she's painted all over the outside. Like it sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, that was an adventure in itself, but they stayed down there for a while. And at some point he just left and was like, he really didn't have anything. He just kind of had like his guitar and maybe like his clothes, Mm -hmm. I think. And he was just like, I've always wanted to just walk to South America. So I'm just going to go. And my mom was like, okay, great. Um, kind of thought we were in this together and she was pretty crushed I think um I haven't talked to her about it in a while but yeah it was a hard time for her like she's like I'm down here alone now with my big fucking bus like what am I supposed to do and he just never looked back no no she never heard from him I just have this image of him I know, right? right, With like a little knapsack. Yeah, with like his guitar on his back and he just didn't look back and your mom's just like no shoes I'm sure no shoes really (laughs) yeah that's insane. I wonder where he's at now. Honestly, like, in a way, it's, like, good for him. Like, hell mm-hmm. yeah, that's fucking wild. But, but kind of fucked up. You just fucked up. leave her high and dry. Yeah, yeah. She was she was heartbroken and mm-hmm. just kind of, like, confused. So I feel like it takes an interesting person to do what your mom does. What was your upbringing like in Washington mm-hmm. with your family? Yeah, so when I was uh, younger, my parents were still married. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was always just a very creative person. She was always doing art projects with us. And um, yeah, I was really close with her. I was also close with my dad when I was really young. And he always was like teaching me how to ride my bike or we were going camping and um, we had a lot of fun. And once I got a little older though, like the relationship with my dad was really hard, I think, because I think he just didn't know how to relate to me anymore Mm -hmm. as I turned into like a young woman and I was modeling and he's just like, didn't know how to talk to me or anything and our relationship really faltered especially when my parents started fighting more and 
you know, started getting a divorce and I kind of was more on my mom's side, not because I wanted to, but we were just closer. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but we, we did a lot of fun things. It was cool. How did the divorce impact your life? I think it just made me question everything. Um, it made me really close to my brother. Um, but I think it also maybe made me think that I'm responsible for everyone. Like, oh, okay. I felt very responsible for my brother in that because I had no faith in my parents that they knew shit, really. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I realized like, oh my God, my parents are just people. And I, at the time, thought they were just kind of idiots. Sorry, mm -hmm. mom and dad. Love yeah. you guys. But um, yeah, so I just really felt this drive to take care of myself and just take responsibility for myself. And everyone around me that I could. And I really, really wanted to show my brother that we could do things differently than my parents. We mm -hmm. could make money, we could be successful, we can have fun. Um, and we don't have to complain about being broke all the time if we yeah. don't want to. So there's a lot of good that came out of it, but my relationship with my dad through that was, it was so sad. Are you still in contact with him? I am, yeah. And yeah. our relationship has gotten a lot better over time. And I text him quite a bit now. Um, but yeah, I actually did something with him that was really like transformed our relationship. Mm -hmm. And it was literally the scariest thing I've ever done was, and you told me you actually tried this, mm -hmm. um, like eye gazing. Yeah. So basically just sitting in front of somebody and just looking into their eyes without talking, or maybe you do talk, whatever mm -hmm. you want to do. But yeah, I did that with my dad. And <laughs> actually the people that were living in my house in Vegas that we were talking about, they kind of supported that and like set it up. What was that like? And I was, I was literally shaking because I was so afraid. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what of exactly, just to face someone that, that you don't really know, mm. but like he's your dad. Yeah. And um, to just like be in that space that's so vulnerable and just real was very scary. Um, and I was just crying and crying and he was crying a bit too. Um, and it took us a long time to like break through that kind of like wall. Um, but in the end, you know, like a lot came through for us. And I think our relationship is, has never been the same. Like it's, it's changed so much and we're so much closer now. And even if we don't always acknowledge that, that we did that, um, there's definitely like an understanding of like, okay, I see you like as a human instead of just like, you're my dad and I'm your mm -hmm. daughter. What is it that you cool. think made you cry? during that experience? Um, there's just so much fear, I think, in being seen mm. in a way. Like, I think, especially by our parents, it's like, you mm. feel so um, misunderstood by them, or you know, maybe they have such ideas about you that aren't even real, and like to just like sit there with nothing, just you and, um, yeah, just being seen, it, it was really scary. Was there some resi resistance from your dad mm -hmm. to start? Because it is an odd thing for an older person, I feel like, to do something like that. Yeah, you know, I asked him and he was like, yeah, I'm down. I don't think he really knew like what exactly I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there was definitely a, um, a lot of resistance. And he, especially men that age, I think, all men, but especially men, you know, in their 50s and 60s have such a shell around them. Like, I have to be manly. I cannot mm -hmm. show my emotions, especially not to my daughter, my family. Like, there's no way. So he was really kind of holding this, like, tough shell at first. And while well, I'm just crying and crying and 
did not face him. And, and that made me cry more. I was like, he yeah. doesn't even care. Um, but eventually, you know, like his eyes started watering and he started softening a bit. And I felt like he was, um, he was willing to, just the fact that he was willing to sit there with me actually meant so much, which also made me cry. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, yeah, we got, we got to talk about some things that, um, you know, we just never really talked about and see each other maybe for the first time. I think for sure for the first time. How did it make you feel when you finally saw some emotion from him? It made me feel happy for him, honestly, just because I think, I just feel like it's a relief like, mm. to just be able to relax and, and acknowledge our emotions in front of each other, especially in front of our loved ones. It just feels like a relief, you know, like I don't need anything from him ultimately. Like I've done what I need to do to heal or, you know, get through whatever happened in the past. But if him and I can, you know, become closer now, that, that means a lot to me. And I would just be really happy for him. Have you noticed uh, any childhood traumas in your life, like adult life? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like it plays a lot. It plays out in my relationship a lot. Not a lot, actually. It has a few times, though. And when it does, it's very... <laughs> powerful Mm -hmm. and like I think the main childhood trauma that I'm still kind of that's very present still is is around men and I couldn't tell you exactly like the time or whatever but um, it definitely has to do with my dad and you know my my mom and dad did not have a good relationship when I Mm -hmm. was growing up and um, there was definitely like this you know my this underlying thing of what I saw as a kid anyways, my dad wanting to control my mom. My dad needs to be above her. And um, he always was disapproving of her and making her feel stupid. And so, you know, sometimes I'll hear something from a man. They don't mean anything by it. And I'm just like, oh my God, I cannot believe you just said that to me. And I get so worked up and like just this bowl of anger just comes into my body. And I, I have no control over that in a way. Um, hopefully one day, you know, I'll have a little more Mm -hmm. control and a little less reaction to it. But right now, at least I'm just thankful to kind of acknowledge like, all right, that's a thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I get to feel these emotions. And a lot of times that just looks like literally just like feeling it. Maybe I need to go in the room and fucking scream and like rage mode, whatever it Mm -hmm. is. And like, I used to be really afraid to do that, but, um, that's something that really helps me now. And and then it comes up the next time and I'm a little more like aware of it. I'm like, okay, okay, wait, like, is this a pattern playing out? Or like, is this actually something we need to um, be aware of? Is this guy actually being a dick or are you just, you know, feeling something from your childhood? So. Do you think you attracted bad men? Um, I don't think I ever attracted bad men, but I definitely think that I attracted the perfect partner to show me what I needed to look at mm. <laughs> at that time. Um, I don't know if, you know, sometimes when you're really young, maybe you're not willing to look at it yet, but definitely, I always think we attract the, the partner that is going to teach us the exact lesson that we need to learn. Mm. What are some things you think you need to work on in relationships? Oh, there's always so many things. I feel like for me, just as a woman, it's just, it's just like relaxing and, and, and opening and trusting. Like, I'm doing it more and more, but I think the world... Um, in general just like uh, makes us want to be so hard and like almost kind of teaches women to like be more like men and um so to just like relax into my feminine and allow the masculine to be the masculine and me to be in my feminine and 
Um, yeah, I think that's really, that's really where I'm working on it. It's just, and it plays out in everything, you know, like in your daily interaction with, with your partner or in your sex with your partner, like all of it. It's like just relax and open and mm-hmm. um, it's actually a lot easier than trying to like control everything. Yeah. Your job now, you, you do only friends? I do, yes. Do you think your childhood and upbringing plays a part in you being able to make that decision to do that? I mean, yeah, I definitely had a freedom, I think, like, even at a young age, you know, I started working in Tokyo at 14 modeling, and although, you know, my dad wasn't necessarily super excited about that, ultimately, I was always supported um, from my family, even my grandparents, honestly, especially my grandparents, so I always felt like as long as I'm doing something that I feel good about, my family will. Mm-hmm support that, you know, maybe they're not like really excited about it, but if they, you know, see me and I'm happy and I'm good, like that's what matters the most to them. Do you feel good about it? Yeah, I do. It doesn't affect your mental health at all? No. And it's something that, especially at certain times in my life, I've really contemplated, like, is this, is this really right for me? Is this something that I want to continue doing? Do Mm -hmm. I need to stop? And I think honestly, it's like, (laughs) <laughs> if there was no stigma around it, I would have done it a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's just like, for me, it works. And I think it works for me because of where I'm at in my relationship to my body and into to my relationship with all the people that are in my life. And I have a lot of fun doing what I do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's refreshing to hear you say that because I know a lot of girls, once they get into that space, it kind of tears away at their mental health. And they start to like look at themselves a different way, I guess. And they're like, well, men only want me for my body and what Mm. I have to offer. How are you able to separate that mindset and have a more positive outlook on it? Well, you just have to offer something else. Have a good personality. No, Mm -hmm. No, but really, I think um, you just have to really be asking yourself those questions. You know, maybe for a time it's not right for you and you don't need to be um, putting yourself out there that much. But I think it's really, really important to be checking in with yourself consistently because things are shifting all the time. You know, like, I'm not going to do this forever. There will be a time where, you know, I'm over it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think it's just making sure that you're taking care of yourself um, mentally, especially, and just staying true to yourself. Like, don't don't lie to yourself. That's the worst. How do the messages from the men affect you? Because I... I dated an OnlyFans girl, <laughs> and I went through some of these messages, and these guys are savages. They're perverts. They're, they say some pretty fucked up shit. Yeah, honestly, like, sometimes the messages are heavy, um, but I think, you know, a lot of guys have this idea about OnlyFans that they can just do that. Mm-hmm. They're behind a screen. You know, they want to say some weird shit just for whatever fucking reason, and I just have to, like kind of just let it roll off my back and just set a boundary and be like, hey, like, you know, on my page, it's just not my vibe. I don't Mm. talk like that. Like, if you want to do that, you know, find somebody else. But yeah. Do you ever think of the repercussions from OnlyFans? Say you were to have a child one day and mom's body's out there on the internet. Yeah. And little boy finds it and shows said kid. Do you think about that? I do. I definitely do. Especially getting older and, you know, like, I'm going to grow food. And I, I definitely think about, like, having a family and... I think, honestly, like, I would just have the opportunity to be so fucking real with my kids and be like, you know, that is what I chose to do at that time and, mm-hmm. and just get get real with them and um, not hide it. Obviously, I don't think I will 
have a choice. So ultimately, I think it's kind of a cool opportunity if, uh, if you don't make it weird. Yeah. But yeah, I think about that for sure. And I, I definitely would hope that it doesn't affect their social life, especially in a negative way. So. How does your family feel, your mom, dad, brother, about your occupation? I think, like I said, it's like they just want me to be happy. And they see that I'm happy and that I'm doing well mentally and everything. And um, that's what matters the most to them. I, my grandma is a huge fan. She just really? wants to see what I'm shooting. She Number one spender. <laughs> She's always like wanting to know what I'm shooting. So, yeah, everyone's really supportive. My dad and I and my brother, it's like, we don't really talk about it. I've never mm -hmm. been like, I have actually told my dad. Um, and he was like, okay, well, and I was like, I'm not doing porn though. Like, mm -hmm. he was like, okay, yeah, I, I knew that they do they do other stuff on there besides porn. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, my brother and I, it's like, he knows, I'm sure, especially because he's younger. Yeah. Um, but we've never really talked about it. And he doesn't ever treat me any different. I don't treat him any different. And, you know, when he was younger in school, and I was just doing modeling though, like he had a hard time with it because his, uh, his friends would definitely be like, oh dude, your sister, you know. Yeah, well you were famous on Instagram. Yeah. You are like one of the first. Yeah. Have you ever had like someone you know buy your OnlyFans? Um, and is that weird? Not that I know of. Mm. Um, I've had people pretend to be someone I know mm. and like try to get them in trouble. Like, oh, okay. Like Jay Alvarez, and I'm like, I know Jay's not on my fucking. Maybe he is. Oh, ever. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but he should spend a lot more if he is. No. Mm -hmm. Does that make you feel uncomfortable if someone were to do that? Because you know them. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't really think I could be uncomfortable because it's like I'm choosing to put my shit out there. So mm -hmm. whoever wants Anyone to buy, buy it, it yeah. is like, okay, go right ahead, but like, at your own risk. <laughs> yeah. How has OnlyFans changed your life? It's, it has changed my life a lot. And it's honestly enhanced it so mm -hmm. much in the way of like, I have so much freedom now, like in, in what I want to create, how often I want to create, how hard I want to push or not push. I'm really in control of that. Like if I want to shoot a ton of content and just like work my brain out, I, I can. Mm -hmm. If I need to just take it slow, like I can do that too. Um, it's it's really amazing and to just like have full creative control i i get to choose how much or how little i show and it's it's really life-changing and obviously the the amount of money that i make is also giving me a lot of freedom like i get to buy land now something i've always wanted to do and start growing food and um it's really a dream come true and i'm like I'm insanely thankful for it. <laughs> what is your goal with it? Are you are you trying to just stack as much bread as you can now and then just kind of do something else? Or do you want to do this for an, an eternity? Uh, no, I, it's definitely something like I'm just trying to kind of push for now while I can um, and then just invest all of that money into things that, you know, really matter to me, into things that I care about or that can set me up for my future. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not going to do that forever. Do you think, <laughs> I mean... Do you acknowledge that you might have life a little bit easier than most people? Right now, I, I do. Yeah. yeah. Pretty yeah. privileged. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and I think... Because there's going to be a lot of haters being like, oh, easy for you to fucking say, like, you were born hot and, like, you could do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I understand that perspective. It's um, it's hard to see all the behind the scenes of, like, what, what really goes into it. 
how long it took me to get here mm -hmm. you know like i grinded modeling for like fucking 13 years like not making money like i said i was broke mm -hmm. did so much free work it's just part of it um and now i'm finally at a place where like i've built a following and i have people who want to see me with less clothes on yeah and i'm super down to do it mm -hmm. so um yeah it took a lot to get here but i also 100 percent agree like it's a glitch to me, it's a fucking glitch right yeah. now. And that's why I'm just taking advantage of it while it's here. I don't think it's going to last, especially with AI. So, yeah, I'm really thankful for it. I would just say to anyone who thinks I have a privilege, it's just like, maybe I do, maybe I don't. But, like, just just work on your own mm -hmm. shit and see what you can do for yourself. Everyone's capable of, of yeah. balling out. Well, I, I know your story because I've known you for almost 10 years now. Yeah. And it has taken you a while to get to this point. It's taken me a long and a time. And <laughs> a lot of people won't see that and the effort that you've put in. And I mean, yeah. you have done a lot of things. You were broke, you were driving a Passat, you lived in a van, like, yeah. not a Passat, a Jetta, sorry. A Jetta, excuse you. <laughs> but I think you have a very humbling background where you acknowledge that pretty well. And you've always stayed true to yourself. You've never, now that you're making a ton of money on OnlyFans, you've always been the same person. Like, you got in the car the other day, you're still wearing Vans and like, <laughs> just normal you know yeah and yeah. i think that's really cool thanks um but you talk about ai and you know i started this video with the apple vision pro mm -hmm. and you told me the other day at lunch that a company approached you tell mm -hmm. the people <laughs> what is in store for the future of ai and the apple vision pro well i'm telling you this of is not going to be around for much longer if this goes as planned um it's pretty crazy yeah, i've actually had multiple companies reach out to me and Basically, they just want to like, scan your whole body. I'm not sure how this works. Create an AI version of you that looks exactly like you and put you into these, this world where people can do whatever they want. I think you guys know what that means. <laughs> so, and it's tempting in a way because it's like, I could literally stop working. My AI version of me could just literally work and I would make money from that. But like... At what cost, you know? So it's interesting. And I know there's going to be a ton of girls who do it. And I know the guys are going to love it. I can't even imagine. I'm really scared for the future. I'm scared too. Of men. <laughs> Tell the people also what they asked to do a mold of. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I, I imagine like you'd just be like naked and they'd get like every inch of you. Uh, so, you know, you get your pussy, everything, <laughs> because... <laughs> Guys, this is this is a reality. This, this is, is actually reality. in the process of happening. Like you could have like, you know, what what are they called? Like a pocket pussy. A pocket pussy, and like you're holding that. You have your Apple Vision Pro. On, yes. And like whoever you want is just down there giving you head, and like it, it's scary. Mm -hmm. It's scary. You're not gonna do it though, right? I'm not gonna do it. Okay, I'm not good. Gonna do it. I but this, honestly, this really makes me worry about the future of people because porn is already destructive, yeah. right? Yeah. And then you're gonna have people with the AI, the Apple Vision Pro, and they're gonna be able to do, because I'm sure women are gonna do this, porn stars. They're signing up already, it's happening. Yeah, and they're not gonna leave their house. Mm -hmm. It's gonna be like, why would I go try to pick up a four <laughs> when uh, a 10 is fucking me at home? And just happy to be here. Yes. Like, yeah. But that is, it, it's so scary what the future of that is. Yeah. And I think it's just the beginning and this is going to happen in so many areas of life. And I think it's, it's freaky and it's really sad to me too, because I think 
like what's more precious than like human connection and mm -hmm. um people are really gonna miss out on that you put way more effort i mean i've never bought anyone's only fans but the stuff i see them promoting like guys we're here you rented this very nice airbnb in arizona you flew out your videographer and your assistant and for some reason invited me down here <laughs> um but you're shooting it on a red yeah like in 6k like yeah. you have storylines almost to your content right yeah usually we try it just depends um but yeah i really be doing the absolute most for my of like well it pays off yeah it pays off it's like if i'm gonna do this i want to be inspired like i want to be putting out stuff that you know if my kids do, do find it i'm like it's dope. If it's artistic, at least. Yeah, at least yeah. it's artistic and um, something that I am proud to claim. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm like, well, if we can shoot it on a red, why not shoot it on a red? Sometimes. What, what makes you reinvest back into your business? Because most girls can just do it on an iPhone at home every day. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could 100% just do the absolute least and use my iPhone, which yeah. sometimes I do because people love that also, that mm -hmm. more like intimate thing. But um, it's just for the inspiration. It's just for me, really. No one's asking me to do that. No one really yeah. gives a fuck. Um, but I do. So yeah. that's really all it is. I, I grew up modeling and, you know, sometimes I have ideas like, oh, I'd love to play this character or whatever it is. And um, I have to stay inspired. Otherwise, it's, it's fucking draining, exhausting, and it's brutal. And I think that's also when, when it starts to um, weigh on you mentally, when you're just doing it because of the money only. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're not having fun doing it, it, it sucks. Yeah, I was actually really surprised to see the operation, like the behind the scenes of it. Yeah. Because you guys, when we first got here, you checked out the space and the lighting, and then you like laid out all your fits, and you're seeing which one looks best in this area and that area. Yeah. There's way more of a direction to it mm -hmm. than I was expecting. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a subscriber. I think that'd be pretty weird. But <laughs> seeing the BTS of it, I'm like, oh, okay, like this is way better than I expected. Yeah, yeah, we we just have a lot of fun doing it, and we gotta keep it keep it that way. Otherwise, it's like I, I just don't want to do anything in my life really half-assed. That's really mm -hmm. all it is. It's like if I'm gonna start half-assing OF, I'm just gonna quit mm -hmm. and and go full in on something else. There's no reason to spend my time. Like time's fucking precious. Life is precious. Like so, whatever I'm doing, I just want to be involved, fully mm -hmm. involved. Yeah, I mean, you've taken a lot of risks in your life, and one of the risks I want to talk about this has nothing to do with what we were just talking about. <laughs> Why did you shave your head? Oh my God, the shaved head. Because <laughs> I wanted to be rebellious. <laughs> what was the reason? Did you go through a breakup and you're just like, I'm shaving it off or what? I, I went through a lot, I think at that time. I definitely went through a breakup. I went through just like kind of my own little metamorphosis as like a young woman. And um, I, I was starting to kind of like take control of my career too. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to kind of like give a big F you to the modeling industry and everybody who wanted me to be pretty for them, I think is really what it is. Do you ever regret shaving your head? No. I did when I was growing it out and it was like this long and it looked yeah. hilarious. I was like, God The awkward damn it. stage. But it was so good for me. It was so humbling, you know? It's like, okay, like, Looking, looking pretty average. What is something you learned from something so simple? Um, that I that I can that I'm okay even if I'm not living up to everyone's standards. Mm -hmm. I think it was very liberating and empowering in that way. It's like my agencies, I didn't have any after that, and they dropped you. I don't think they dropped me. I just they didn't have anything for me anymore. They were like, oh, we don't know how to market you. Like, what is mm -hmm. this? Um, 
And yeah, I had so many people on Instagram who were just like, oh, this is just not right for a woman, blah, blah, blah. And it just feels really good to hear that and like not be accepted by people and be like, I'm still okay. I'm good. Like, I got this. Did you lose Instagram followers when you did it? Uh, I don't I don't know. I probably lost some and gained some. Some mm -hmm. people thought it was really cool. But... Do you think you attracted more men by shaving your head or no? No, not necessarily. No. I mean, maybe a few. I got a few messages, and I still do. They're like, you need to shave your head again. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. I casted her in my music video. Yeah, that was fun. The lead actress had long hair, and I was like, I really need to make a difference here with two characters. And yeah. The short hair really stood out. It's definitely different. Did you feel weird? Um, with short hair? It felt weird at first. Like, um, I would always be going like this, even though I have like no hair. It's mm -hmm. so weird. Um, but the worst part was just my head was cold all the time. Mm. It Welcome was to the life brutal. of a man. <laughs> I was literally like, I can't, I can't handle this. Like I had to wear a hoodie all the time and beanies and stuff. It was really funny. Um, that was honestly like the, the main reason why I grew it out. Was, I was just fucking cold all the time, but I loved the way it looked. And I think it was unique and you have the head shape for it. Thankfully, I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> it, dude, if I shave my head, holy shit, I got a freaking egg head, <laughs> and that thing looks ridiculous. Let me uh, go into my questions here. Yeah. Here we go. Let's talk, let's talk a little bit about dating. Dating, okay. Give me the worst date you've ever been on. Oh my gosh, okay. There's been a few, but there's one in particular. <laughs> okay. That just like popped into my head just now. It was in LA, of course, surprised. Mm. And um, is this guy who actually had the same last name as me, Cook. Okay. It's really, really weird. And um, he's like, just like really good looking guy, you know, mm -hmm. like he's an actor and whatever. And like, I sit down and he definitely knows he's good looking. Yeah. He definitely wants you to know he's an actor. Mm -hmm. The dude literally did not ask me a single question the whole time. He was just talking about how amazing he is. He even said to me, I forgot about this. He was like, yeah, I was modeling full time at the time. He's like, yeah, that's cool. I used to be a model, but then I just thought I was, I should be doing something better. Like, I'm, I'm too good Jeez. for modeling. And I was just sitting there like, thanks, bro. He's like, yeah. I'd, just I'd shitting on actor. your job? Yeah. It was really funny. I was like, okay, I don't really think I want to sit here much longer. Was there a second date? No, no. Where'd you guys no. go? Oh, it's some Mexican place. And um, it's like a vegan Mexican place in West Hollywood. Toca you know? Madera? There's another one. Uh, Mama something... Yeah, I think I can't remember. I, I think I know what you're talking about. But yeah. yeah, that's horrible. Well, yeah, it was just funny. So you went on a date with an actor. Mm -hmm. Any celebrities ever slid in the DMs? Um, yeah, definitely like sports players will mm. slide in. Um, rappers sometimes, like a couple rappers. I don't even really know them. I'm just like it's Lil So and So, <laughs> or like, and I'm like, okay, what's up? I'll send it to my brother. Be like, should I reply? Yeah. <laughs> It's really funny. Um, yeah, that's all I can think of. You can't give us any names? Um, Throw some people under the bus. Let's on, go right hang now. On. <laughs> Live action. Let me look. There's one that I just think is really funny. Um, like, this is a rapper, right? Lil Pump. <laughs> hey with two Ys. It's just the hey. <laughs> Left on red, my boy. So Got to try harder next time. There's a lot of people that I don't even know who they are. Let like, me see. I, Let me go through some of these. I, I think a lot of them. Are I can gone. cut out if you don't want them. <laughs> Lil Pump. Like who? Who are they? Don't know. That I, I don't know them. You got a lot of uh, foreign people with a ton of followers. Yeah. It looks like a lot of foreign singers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, none of these are even. It's so funny. 
I'm trying to think of who has in the past, but... Um... Oh, wow, I know this YouTuber. Just said so dope to nothing. Maybe a story reply? I don't know. No, it wasn't a story reply. I'm just so dope. <laughs> Chase Damore. Well, hi. Shake hand emoji angel. Who is that? He was on like a reality TV show. <laughs> so good. Oh my so gosh. Funny. I'd honestly, you have a lot of like foreigners. Yeah. It seems like it seems like it. I don't really check that often, but yeah, back in the day, I feel like it was more. I was honestly expecting some like really big names. Yeah. I, I literally, I know there is one and I cannot remember who it was. But, um, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, nobody good, honestly. No. That's all right for now. What's the best thing a man can say when sliding in the DMs? I and mean, I'm not encouraging you to do this. Um, I don't know. Sliding in the DMs is definitely a, a tricky way to get to a girl. But I think if you could say something funny, Liz, you got like a leg up for sure. I think I've, I've received funny messages where people are maybe like teasing a little bit or making fun of themselves or mm. just the, the situation. And um, it's, it's a lot more lighthearted that way. And you're like, okay, I'll give you a little response. Are you more of a person that you want to meet them in real life? Yeah, for sure. Because it's just, it's like meeting somebody in person, like you can feel their energy, you can feel their intention. And What do you feel when a man approaches you? Do you I enjoy mean, it? I don't, um, it just it depends. It just depends. Yeah. Like, if someone's coming over, and I've had this, like, guys come up to me um, and just very respectfully being like, hey, like, I just want to, you know, give you a compliment or whatever, and they, then, then they kind of just leave. And mm -hmm. you're like, oh, wow, like, that was really nice. I really appreciate that. And then there's guys who just, you know, it's, it's all about, like, how they approach you. Like, guys that just think, oh, I'm so cool. She's for sure going to want to, like, hang out with me, yeah. go home with me. And you're immediately just like, okay, bro, like... Has someone, like, can you give us an example of an awkward interaction? God, I don't know if I could remember one right now. It's been a while, but, um, yeah, I don't know if I can remember one. Were you ever on dating apps, like Raya? I was on dating apps, yeah. I, I did get on Raya when I was younger. I was so curious about it. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to, like, Joe Jonas and, like, no way. whoever, yeah. Did really you go on a date with him? No. no. It, was, it was so weird because it's, like, you all know you're on there just to, like, meet other, like, attractive or famous or wealthy people and it's so shallow like such a shallow basis to meet mm -hmm. people on like I would talk to them you know like it'd be a DJ or like it was really famous people and um ultimately just could never be like yeah I do want to like go out on a date I, I guess I just wasn't that serious about it but mm -hmm. yeah you know <laughs> I'm not on any dating apps I need to meet people in real life yeah right it's just different know. like yeah. you want to be able to look them in the eye and like yeah, see their energy see how they act yeah and I think like what you said if you're on a dating app you're looking for something right and like I feel like it, it never works out when you're actively looking mm -hmm. it's like what, what are you looking out there for like it's right here mm -hmm. do you have any questions for me yeah what I have questions what <laughs> I have a lot actually I'm gonna look at my phone but you, you listed some I actually listed some oh, yeah shit. yeah just like a few that just came up came up because um, I feel like you're kind of at like a very transitional period in your life, obviously, mm -hmm. like things are changing for you and it seems like you're kind of open to some, some changes in life. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you want to move out of LA or mm -hmm. like, 
Um, so yeah, like what, what is it that you're not getting in LA that you, that you're wanting? I think I've lived there for 10 years and it's kind of just become home. Mm. That's the best way I describe it. Like it's exciting when you move somewhere new and you're, you're getting all these new experiences. Yeah. But then it's just home. You know, you can only go to the Hollywood sign so many times <laughs> and be impressed by it. Yeah. So I think I feel that way about Los Angeles. And also, I just think I haven't cultivated a lot of genuine friendships. Mm. I do have good friendships there outside of my social media circle. Mm. But I don't know. I feel that I need to go down a path for myself now. And I think I've always relied on other people a lot. And someone commented on my video or on a video one time and said that Mark would have been a huge YouTuber if he didn't change his YouTube into a relationship channel. Hmm. And I really resonated with that because I was like, yeah, I didn't make my YouTube channel me. Mm. It was my relationship. Yeah. So when that failed, I started to rely on what worked women in the thumbnail. Okay. So I never really branded myself as me. It was always couple stuff or hanging out with girls and when I would just post me as a thumbnail it wouldn't perform well and that would get to my head because I'm like all right I have two million subscribers but they don't even want to see me it seems Hmm. but that's my fault because I conditioned them that way yeah but yeah I just I want to do it it, rebrand myself and and make it me and I don't want to rely on other people but me Mm -hmm. and that's something a lot of other youtubers have done really well so I don't feel that I need to be in LA anymore, spending so much money. Yeah, that's crazy. For what? You know, right. a place I don't even enjoy being. Right. Um, but I am terrified. Like, I came down here to Arizona, and it's beautiful, but I'm terrified to start over. And I think that's what's kept me in Los Angeles for so long. Like, everything I know is there. Yeah. So to start over, like, you do it all the time. Like, it's, it's a big risk. It's a risk. The unknown is is always the scariest thing, I feel like. But you luckily had, like, people you brought with you. Usually, yeah. Yeah. I I, I have people there. don't really... I mean, I'm single now. I don't have that. And I'm like, hey, let's pick up and move. Mm -hmm. It would just be me. It would just be me. And that's terrifying. But also maybe exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm focused right now on... I I really do think I'm going to move out of L.A., I'm excited for you. Uh, it just hasn't been doing the best for me. Yeah. Just need new new challenges. I need a new environment. Yeah. A slower pace. I think, and we talked about this, and I didn't even realize how much time I'm wasting driving to the gym and back. It's insane. Because I came here, and I'm like, God, t- time really feels like it moves slower here. This day was really long. <laughs> and I'm starting to reflect, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, it takes me... Th- 20 minutes to get to the gym, mm-hmm. five minutes to park and go up to the thing, and then another tw- 30 minutes to get home. That's an hour out of my day just going to the gym. Yeah. And then a friend's like, hey, come over to Weho. We, we got lunch. I'm like, all right, I'll be there 30 minutes to go meet you for lunch. We eat lunch. 45 minutes to get home. I just wa- I've wasted three hours in the car today. Yeah. And no wonder the day goes by so fast because I'm not doing anything but sitting in a car for so long. Yeah, exactly. So I need to find a slower lifestyle where the gym's right there mm-hmm. or there's not traffic or anything like that. Yeah. And then I'll, I will have more hours in the day to dedicate to this stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, moving and um, starting over can mm-hmm. feel pretty scary, but 
what's the scariest thing you've done or something that, you know, you've just like totally stepped out into the unknown and it's like really paid off for you? Honestly, I don't think I've done anything that's like been super scary to me. Mm. I think when I first moved to LA, I wasn't thinking. I wasn't like, oh, this is a huge risk because okay. I was so young. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah. the consequences I or feel you. what would pay off. And I, I don't know, had everything paid for from Logan. Like I was just... Felt safe. Yeah. I was like, I don't have really any financial responsibilities. Yeah. But, you know, that paid off. I guess the risk of when I put all my stuff in storage and moved to Germany mm. for four months, mm-hmm. that was a pretty eye-opening experience. And reflecting on it now, I really enjoyed it. But in the moment, it was tough to see the enjoyment because we moved there during the winter and didn't have a car, didn't yeah. speak the language. That's tough. And you don't really realize how important language is mm. until you don't have it. Yeah. Like, I'm a, I rely on sarcasm and, and inflection in the way I say things to be funny. And to connect with people. And connect with people. So I would tell jokes in a, in a voice or something. Mm-hmm. And there was no laugh. And I'm just like... <laughs> just falls flat. Yeah, literally falls flat. I'm like, you're supposed to laugh at this. Like, this shit's fucking hilarious in America. <laughs> so it was like, see, even me doing that, like, they wouldn't understand. Right. Yeah. Like, see, you're laughing on cue where you're supposed to. But... Yeah, in Germany, that was very difficult. Um, But yeah, in the moment, it was like kind of miserable just because it was so cold. And like I would go to the gym on a scooter, like a little bird. Oh, my God. And just snow pelting me in the face. And your fingers are like frozen. Fingers were literally frozen by the time I got there. So that was really hard. But yeah, as I reflect on it now, I really enjoyed it, too, because I don't know. I, I actually enjoy spending so much time with my partner yeah and I think all we had was each other there Mm -hmm. and that was a really special moment for me and happy moment yeah and I think it made me realize like I kind of do want that life at some point where it's just me and you figuring out life and not all these outside distractions like pulling us in different directions and yeah Mm. that was probably my biggest risk but I'm clearly about to take another one. Hell yeah. What's some advice you have for me about taking a risk like that and just moving to somewhere you've never been? Honestly, I just, I think what I tell a lot of my friends and myself is just like, you can't, you can't fuck it up. Like Mm. you can't make the wrong choice. So just choose something and, and go with it and see what happens. I thought about going back home to Ohio for a little bit, just to surround myself with family and people who love me and care about me. Mm -hmm. Um, you went back to Washington. What was that experience like moving home? It was great, honestly. Yeah. Like for my heart, it just felt so good to get to hang out with my brother and just kind of see what these people are are doing in their daily lives. Just get a little glimpse at that again, and just kind of it got me grounded. You know, you remember mm-hmm. where you came from, like very small beginnings, yeah. and you're just very thankful for for where you're at now too. And it, yeah. it also can definitely remind you why you left. Yep. So you leave again. <laughs> I think also a reason. I've stayed in LA is ego. Mm, yeah. Like part of me, and I, I shouldn't worry about what the outside world thinks, but like part of me is like, oh, Mark moved out of LA. Like yeah, yeah, he yeah. failed and he, <laughs> he went back home. Totally. But I got to do what's best for me. And I feel like everyone I talk to in LA, almost everyone always wants to move out of LA or they're complaining about LA. And like there's like this kind of high school drama that's always mm-hmm. playing out there. So it's maybe more actually successful if you can get out. It's like, 
Yeah, and I think that I've continuously lived my life for other people. Mm. And something I've learned through this breakup is like I got to start putting myself first. You have to. And doing what's best for me and not sadly not worry about other people. Yeah, yeah, it's true because from that space, like if you can really take care of yourself and put yourself first, then you can actually be there for other people. Mm -hmm. So it's good for you. Thanks. That's awesome. I'm excited yeah. for you. Thanks for coming on the pod. Dap me up, bro. Yeah. Dude, what the fuck I don't was know that? How to do that. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for watching, guys. You uh, you probably already follow Rachel, but if you don't, follow her on <laughs> Instagram and use code Mark10 when you subscribe to her OnlyFans, <laughs> just so I can get 10% of proceeds. Uh, but yeah, hit that subscribe button, drop a like, follow us on Instagram, TikTok. Taking over the podcast game. We'll see you guys. Peace.